Say it's Saturday night in Spain. They go out dancing. You think they do the flamenco? I would think. So you could call a woman for a date, ask her if she's free for dinner and a flamenco? You don't flamenco on the first date. Boy, I wish the flamenco was popular here. Yeah? Would you do it? Yes, I think I would. Well, I knew you'd have an affinity for it, because it's the dance of a very proud people. October 1st, 2023. Now we're discussing scoffs. Hello, everybody. I don't... There I, was a scoff in the quote on one of the lines Susan was supposed to do, and she didn't do the scoff. And she said she doesn't like a I don't, scoff. In general, I don't scoff, do I? But that wasn't supposed to be you. You were playing a part. Well, it has to feel natural to me as an actress. So then, so what you're saying is you're not a great actor. I'm saying that you have to make some modifications for things to feel natural. So you're saying actors know better than writers. Okay. You heard it here first. I see what you're trying to do, and I don't like it. I'm not saying they don't, by the way. I'm just trying to find out what your stance no, is. No, so. I would never say that. It's a team effort. It is a team effort. So stop trying to... You, you see, you're trying to draw lines, and I don't like it. You knock it off. You knock it off with your lines. <laughs> My lines. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Lines knocked off. Stop it. Now my eyelid is twitching. That's not my fault. I think it could be. <laughs> All right. Well, I wanted to let y'all know that the outline for the Kingery season 13, the first draft of it is done and is out right now for writer review and comments and notes and tweaking. And actually, by the time you're hearing this, all those notes will be in. So it's going to be revised, and then uh, I will go right into scripting the season premiere episode, which will go out to cast for recording at the end-ish of October. So um, that means November, December, January, probably February, January, February, March, one of those three. <laughs> season 13 should premiere. And of course, we'll announce it here once we know for sure. But yeah, it'll be something like that. Probably, I think. No, wait a minute, it won't. I'm totally off because we have a big hiatus with all of the um, mini episodes in the middle mm -hmm. to give our directors a break. So, okay, you won't get season 13 until later next year. But it's in production and we've got all those mini episodes to fill the hiatus and they're really fun, so. Cool. Yep. Rad. You could be a little more excited about season 13. I'm not because I still have to do my notes on the outline. But by the time people are listening, you will have done already. I know, but right now I'm sad because yeah. I have to do it. You do. And I haven't done it. You haven't. Yeah. Aww. Okay, and then you know what it's time for. I do indeed. International... Statistics? They're not really statistics. Rankings? We'll call them rankings. On the Apple Podcast charts. Mage and Machine made it up to number 33 in the sci-fi category in Germany. Welcome, Germans. Kingery made it up to number 43 in sci-fi in Hungary. Hungary again! Mage and Machine also... I should have put these two together, but I didn't. Also made it up to number 20 in sci-fi in Sweden. Oh. 
Yes. Genesis Avalon made it up to number 27 in sci-fi in Russia and number six in sci-fi in Hungary. Hungary, welcome to all of our Hungarian friends. Because it's been months now. And, and the Pendant Shakespeare made it up to number six in drama in Hungary. Wow. So yes, the Hungarians found us and have decided they like what we do and they keep listening. So that's really cool. Yes. Thank you for listening. We listen to you back, but I don't know how that would work since you're the audience. Yes, that would be, hmm, yeah. But know that if we could, we would. From Denver, Colorado, we have Adam Blanford on the line. Hello, Adam. Hello. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? Oh, can't complain. Staying out of trouble. Oh, that's no fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, at, at least on, on the weekdays. You know, on the weekends, all bets are off. Well, yeah. Yeah. Weekends. So it's been a minute since we had a chance to uh, to catch up. Yeah. So um, this is cool. And um, we have questions, as you know. Okay. And- Hopefully you have answers or this is very short and one-sided. I will be happy to answer to the best of my ability. And if I don't know, I'll make something up. Excellent. Excellent. Um, well, let's jump right in. Um, you are pretty prolific within Pendant. Um, so I want to ask you, because it, it's been a while and I don't remember if I asked you this last time. How did you get into voice acting and how did you find Pendant? Well, let's see. Um, two separate questions. I found Pendant mm-hmm. first. Oh, okay. Because um, I, so I, when I was, uh, I, I was started listening to Pendant around 2010. And the reason why was I used to listen to books on tape and CDs on tape. Mm-hmm. And I complained to my wife one day that they didn't have any good stuff in the library. And she told me that it's the 21st century and that I needed to get an iPod. And so I got it and started searching around and I found some shows by Pen and Audio. And one of the first was Seminar. Mm. And then I, I looked at the Kingery and I, I just started going through the, the catalog. And, you know, it, I, I really enjoyed the stories and I, I really enjoyed the, the the storytelling itself. But at the time, I thought to myself, ah, they they have some way of producing this. You know, it's... I'd never be able to do it. So I just kind of dismissed it. And then about seven years later, um, I, I started, I joined a gaming guild um, for a, for a mobile game. And mm-hmm. I made friends with a bunch of people and I was, I was uh, doing some joke, like commercials and stuff, just, just using my voice for that. And people were like, wow, you got a really great voice. And you know, you should narrate. And, you know, the, the conventional wisdom is anytime somebody tells you you'd be really good at it because you sound good, it's usually a bad idea. But um, <laughs> the, the daughter, uh, so long story short of, of getting into voice acting, uh, I got snowed into it by a 15-year-old girl. Uh, the daughter of a friend of mine in this gaming guild heard my voice and really thought I was good, found a casting call for a podcast and sent it to me. And it was, and she was like, I think you really would be really, really great in this role. And I thought to myself, okay, either I'm going to be a jerk to a a 15 year old, or I'm going to figure out how to do this. 
So I, I sent in an audition. I did it on my iPhone. I mean, I did all the rookie stuff that you're not supposed to do. And they, they, ca- they, they basically said, okay, we, we'd like to hear you again, but we would like to hear you on a formal microphone. Mm-hmm. And so I went out and bought a blue snowball again, not knowing what the hell I was doing at all. And I re- recorded that particular audition and I got the part. And so I was like, wow, this is really cool. I really enjoy this, uh, doing this stuff. And so I thought about pendant later on and I thought, you know, I should see if they're still doing stuff and, and, and see what they're, what they're up to. And there were casting calls out there for seminar. And, um, I think the first role I ever did for seminar, I took my carefully cultivated British accent. I had to mangle it, uh, by, by being sounding like I was fake. So, um, you know, so I, I, I did that and, um, I, I think I tried out for the credits announcer and I'd been doing this all for like, uh, three months and, they cast Julia Eve, my predecessor, but mm. I got the nicest rejection letter um, from from that. I mean, it, it was it was the nice thing. I didn't even feel bad after that, and so I was like, I will continue to audition for these people because they're very nice. And uh, so that that that's kind of that's kind of how I got started. In five thousand words or less. <laughs> and. Um... When did you start doing the credits? I started doing the credits during the pandemic. I think I I tried out in I think the casting call went out in April of 2020. I got cast in May or June, and then I think I did my first one in September. Okay. So I've been I've been doing this for about three years now. Time flies. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, especially with the the pandemic having hit the way it did. So um, when you started doing the um, the credits, uh, so that's not um, a story or, you know, an, a drama or, you know, that kind of thing. It's, you know, names and character names and crew and names yeah it's it so it it's yeah it's not overly dramatic the 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 big thing is is that you know you you want to make sure that you're pronouncing everybody's name right and Mm -hmm. um so i i i was getting pronunciation keys for a while and then um after a while i i just i started getting people's names down and so i I didn't need them all that much um every once in a while I'll, i'll get corrected uh lisa michelle uh has uh made it very clear that I kept mispronouncing your name every time I said it because, you know, I wasn't using the French pronunciation, but I finally figured it out. It only took three years. Um, <laughs> hey, you got my name right, which was what? not a small thing because I hear my name butchered all the time. <laughs> well, I mean, you'd think a name like Blanford would be easy, but I it, it got butchered so many times over the years. And uh, so I, I, I've always made it a point to really make sure I understand how to pronounce someone's name. And uh, cool. so I, I, I study up, I make sure I can, I can pronounce it. Otherwise I might ask for clarification for the seminar cast. I just say, Hey, let me know if you need a specific pronunciation. Otherwise I'm going to, you know, make something up. So it, it it's worked out. You don't tell me I'm pronouncing your name wrong. I'm not going to know. I'm going to keep doing it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you and I've I've gotten pretty I've gotten pretty good at it. I can pretty much 
can pretty much get in the booth and sight read it if I need to. And mm -hmm. like the first one might be a little rocky, but then I get the tempo down and, you know, I, I'm able to do it pretty fast. And then I, I've tried to be distinctive with the credits for each show. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Genesis Avalon Patriot has a, has a very kind of, I don't know, radio announcer kind of thing. It's like Genesis Avalon Patriot. And then seminar has that kind of seminar episode 112. And then, you know, the Kingery is like the Kingery Roadhouse. You know, so I, I, I'd yeah. make stuff up as I was going on. To yeah, they do, the shows have different feels. So that makes sense yep. for you to do that. That's pretty cool. Yep. We need a show where we can have credits like uh, like Dixie again. Yep. I, I think that'd be cool. And then, and then I know in Dixie, the characters do their own thing for the cast, but it'd be cool to have like, the credits announcer and the cast at the same time, just kind of do something with a, a twist like we had with Dixie. I think that would be cool. It's been a while since we've done that. That that would be fun. I I I actually played with the credits a couple of times for um for the the uh, pendant Shakespeare when we did double falsehood. Mm -hmm. I tried to push because it was it because it was Spanish. I tried to push uh, for uh, uh, credits to be done in Spanish, and so I, there is a there is a file out there somewhere in the ether of me doing the credits in Spanish. Oh, cool! And so you know, it's like uh, El Pendant Shakespeare, Conocido, you know, the Wild Bill Variety Show, uh, Conocido también, uh, el, uh, you know, the Wild Bill Variety Show, Presente Doble Falsehood, you know, and, and so I, I did the whole thing, but. Uh, we felt that they wouldn't understand it or, or that it, <laughs> it might be a little bit too incomprehensible. But um, then I did another one where I, I actually sent it as a joke. Um, I, I did the Kingery credits as mask. And so <laughs> the Kingery, this is your friendly neighborhood credits announcer, Adam Blanford, formerly known as mask because I had him killed. Um, <laughs> So yeah, Kim Giannopoulos says, "Doc, I hope you're in my network because the premiums are killer Briggs." And so I, I, <laughs> I just started doing the whole thing, and it it it, it was fun, you know. Or uh, or uh, M. Sierra Garcia is AI socks and socks. Is that one name or is it three? I don't care, you know. So <laughs> I had fun with it. I I I would love uh, I love to be able to do those sometimes. Just just to see that's got to end up on the blooper reel. It was great. I, I had fun doing it. That should now hopefully that ends up on the blooper reel so everybody can hear it. <laughs> I I hope so. That's pretty cool. So um let let's talk about Kingery. How did Mass okay. come about for you? Uh the, the so the casting call came out in 2020, I think around mm -hmm. October. And it was a mad scientist type. And I was just playing around with different voices. I was like, what what haven't I used before? Um, what one joke I like to to put out is that I have four settings. I'm old, I'm evil, I'm Scottish, or I'm British as mm -hmm. And uh, so I was like, okay, what what kind of voice could I use that would be just distinctive and something that's different than what I normally use? And so I I kind of created this character that was like one part old man, one part uh, mad scientist, and then one part robot devil from uh, Futurama. And and so, uh, you know, and and I, I just kind of looked at at, some, at the dialogue and I thought, okay, you know, I, I, I really want to have him over-enunciate and just be really pretentious. So I created the army of the evolved. And and so that became the, 
the the main um you know his accent and then you know from there you know they they loved it and so they they cast me in the role and i i just i started having fun with it i you know i would get the get the scripts and i would just do the lines but then i'd improvise something completely new based on what was in there just because it felt like okay this may might be something that the character would say this might be something that that they could use and so the the character's just kind of grown over time and um you know every once in a while I'll just get something that's like you know Adam you know improvise you know a minute worth of stuff for for mask and I'll just be like okay no problem so I'll get in the booth and just start spouting stuff off cool but uh it, mask is a really fun character to play because he's or he he um they I'm trying to remember their pronouns um Mask is is just an interesting character because they've just tossed their humanity out the window, believing technology is better, mm-hmm. and uh, and so it's always fun to just kind of have them completely disconnect from reality. Like they they just don't understand people because they've stepped so far outside of the boundaries of human experience, but right. they're commenting on everything that they're seeing, and so I, I have a lot of fun with that. And the, the writers give me give me some good stuff to work with. And they kept me alive. I figured I was going to get, you know, bumped off. <laughs> you never know. And and even if you do get bumped off, you never know. I mean, I I I if he gets bumped off, I suppose, or if they get bumped off, they can be resurrected. Probably. I mean, it's the Kingery. It's right. Know. Or you know that spinoff. I'm just saying. <laughs> Um. Yeah, mask has been fun to listen to. I gotta say. Um, Thank you. <laughs> there's he's he's really twisted, and and yeah, you, the the writing, the 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 writing team. You know, they're always putting out stuff that's just amazing. Just when you think we've heard it all, nope. Yeah. <laughs> Mining, what was it? Mining. A bunch of body parts fall out of the sky or something like that? Yep. Yeah. Or, yeah, uh, you know, Mask has is, is steadily just gotten more and more. He, I, I feel like Mask is, is just kind of simmering because, you know, they've been waiting for so long and, and they're like, you know, when the hell is is the, the takeover of humanity and the assimilation of humanity going to take place? Damn it, I'm waiting. Right. And, uh, so it, it's 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 really fun to just you know see what happens with each script i have to say do you think that um mask could be one of those um villain characters you know that's a villain for a while and then have some kind of redemptive arc or is he just so far gone you know that that's a great question i feel like uh, I feel like Mask would never quite abandon villainy. I, I feel like there would still be some level of larceny in, <laughs> in, in the soul because, you know, Mask, uh, Mask, you know, Mask's belief is that I'm I'm doing this for the good of humanity. You know, we're going to evolve everybody through technology, but the message he doesn't see himself as a villain. Well, he no, he doesn't see himself as a villain. He sees himself as a as a as a savior. But at the same time, he also recognizes that, you know, I like I I just cured this guy of this horrible disease, but the cure that I used was worse. 
and he probably should be, die as a mercy, but he's cured, you know, or his eyes don't work very well. So I ripped them out and I put in new ones. It, it probably hurt for a while, but his but eyes <laughs> marginally improved by 12%. So that's a win. Right. Um, <laughs> so I, I feel like mask would never quite abandon villainy because it, it would, it would mean that I think it would almost be be like, okay, I, I can't accept the status quo and I can't enforce the status quo. I always have to be that agent of chaos because that through chaos is how we evolve into something greater. And uh, so I, I, that's, that's kind of how I portray the character is that they're, they're an agent of chaos. And if they don't have chaos to work with, they're going to create it mm. because they need it. Okay. He's not one of those just want to watch the world burn. He lights specific fires. I mean, yeah, Mass is going to light specific fires or total fires or whatever. It, I mean, Mask would light a fire to, you know, to uh, instigate a scheme or in, or to to get back at a rival. But they might also start a fire just so that they can they can check out the new nose filters that they've had installed in their in their you know olfactory centers just for the sake of, hey, I got this upgraded. I, I want to make sure it works. So I'm going to burn everything down to test whether or not I get any smoke in my lungs. Um, <laughs> I feel like Mask is the kind of person who, for whom subtlety is optional. And so they, 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 they prefer to use, they would use a surgical instrument where required, but it's more fun to use a blunt object just because. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have to take some pride and joy in your work. Exactly. I, I, I kind of, I, I kind of liken Mask to uh, to Q from Star Trek. Doesn't quite understand humanity, but loves to create havoc to just see what people, you know, what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I approach that character. Just kind of as, what would Q do? <laughs> okay. So shifting gears a little bit. Uh-huh. Um you do the um credits, mm -hmm. but you also direct. I do. And um, have you it, and it seems apropos since you said you got independent via seminar that you are directing in seminar. Yep. It, it's it's definitely a, a full circle moment um because i you know the very first one of the very first podcasts i listened to was seminar and then um i i started voice acting and one of my very first voice roles was in seminar my mm. first script was for seminar that i ever wrote and then um yeah in in 2020 because we all had a lot of time on our hands i went through the director class for pendant mm -hmm. and i started doing the pendant shakespeare that's where I really, really started working on my, on my directorial you know, technique and all that. Um, and so I did the sonnets and I, I think we did, uh, we did Pericles and double falsehood. And um, I want to say I did another one, but I, I can't remember what it is. But then um, July of the, of last year, um, I, you know, Garen was looking for some, Garen Fitzgerald was looking for some help and, he, he ended up wanting to step away because he was just you know, wanting to focus on some other things. And so Tilly contacted me and said, Hey, you were willing to help with seminar. Why don't you just direct it? 
And I was like, okay, sounds right. good. So I've been doing, I've been doing sem seminar for about, um, I've done about six episodes, five or six episodes. And right now we're on hiatus because we're, we're just trying to build up some scripts to, to uh, right. keep the show going. It's a great concept show that, you know, we've been doing for a really long time. Yeah, like 15 years now. It's old enough to drive. <laughs> yes. And be angsty. <laughs> Listen to Alanis Morissette and eat ice cream during a breakup. It's, yeah, the the show, I, I, I love the fact that I'm always amazed that the rapper's tell a coherent story moving forward and they always tie into the stories themselves but they're also kind of st still exploring everything that's happening in the wider universe I, and i i love that so it's, it's always fun and I've, I've really enjoyed the the time that they've been at the intergalactic community college yeah <laughs> oh is that the official name no no I, I i don't even remember what it's called but it, I mean, it's a university but i just call it the intergalactic community college <laughs> It, and, you know, it's it's really an art to it, but it's amazing that, you know, over the years with all the stories that come in, you know, with the ebbs and flows and everything, that they can still take however many stories, you know, shorts that we have, you know, that are like ready to go mm -hmm. and find two that can be molded into a particular theme right mm -hmm. or spun so that they the particular theme applies to both of them to continue that you know wrapper yep. story arc and do that episode to episode to episode for all this time yeah it's especially always... with you know it's a school. It's out in the out in the wild. It's on a planet. Now it's a, you know the intergalactic community college. Yep. Who knows where they're going to go next? I know, right? <laughs> yeah. It, it it's always. I mean, it, I I I'm always amazed at that that uh, like VC Morrison's you know ability to listen to these or to read these stories and then say okay this is how these are going to tie together right. finding that common thread is always is always difficult but it's always amazing to watch and and you know just kind of reading the the connective tissues are are fun and adding in all these all having all the characters and having them their distinctive personalities you know commenting in such a way that they're going to lead to that next story it's it's definitely an art form to craft those wrappers and uh i i don't know if i'd <laughs> I think I'd tear my hair out if, if I was if I ended up writing the rappers because I I don't know that I'd I'd be smart enough to to figure those out. <laughs> I know I wouldn't. <laughs> but uh, oh god, I I was gonna say that you know directing seminars are really fun experience because you never know what you're gonna get in terms of the the scripts. So you know one minute you're in outer space and then the next minute you're you know um, you're you've got two people standing on a a street corner in the rain and they're talking about a breakup. And then, you know, you jump to this comedic role of, you know, of, of uh, like I, I created a parody for, of, of Columbo as, uh, as Yorick in uh, Hamlet. 
Mm -hmm. you just jump from thing to thing to thing and so you never know what's going to happen and that that makes it fun and always keeps it kind of fresh and it always leads to that feeling of how in god's name am i going to make the sound design work um i I remember the very first episode that i mixed uh tilly wrote one of the shorts it was called an apology and it was like two consciousnesses uh like the, the 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 uh masculine and feminine um, halves were kind of talking to each other and the, the masculine was kind of apologizing to the feminine for subverting them. I I, I remember that yeah. script because Tilly wrote in there, there's no soundscape, sorry. And I was like, well, shit. You know, I've got, <laughs> I've got one job and I can't do it here. So I had to figure out how to kind of improvise around it and, and, and use music as a substitute. Um, so yeah, you never know. Sometimes you're, you're going to have people sitting there and there's nothing going on behind them. And then you're going to have 53 different sound effects going on in, in another scene. And so it, it, it's always fun. Do you, do you think you want to do directing on other shows as well? Um, you know, I'm, I'm always open to it. I've, <clears throat> I've inch hit for the Kingery. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, and uh, Jillian a few years ago doing doing a couple of things there. Um, I've I've worked on you know of course seminar. I haven't done anything with Patriot or or you know any, any of that stuff. But I'm I'm always open to it. Um, Pendant, the Pendant Shakespeare did a whole bunch of stuff with them. So mm-hmm. you know I'm I'm always open to it. Okay. Directing is what now? Directing is fun. Yeah. Do you find, did you find each show a different experience or is directing to you kind of pretty much the same from show to show? Um, I, I'd say that there are always minute variations, um, you know, like with Pendant Shakespeare, you know, we have a dramaturge who does the, the adaptation or writes up the cast list. And, and so, um, Generally, I would work with Jeff Robinson and with Morgan Z. Soul to listen to all the auditions and come up with the the people that we wanted to use for the cast. Uh, whereas with Seminar, we just put it out. Everybody emails me these uh, these auditions, and I'm sitting there just going through 150 auditions and finding the people that I that I want. Um, and then other times, I'll just be handed the the uh, the character, you know, the the tracks, and just said, "Have at it." So it it there's always a minute differences in the casting, and then there are different differences in the the feels of the shows, because you know Kingery takes place in in the future, and and Seminar is in you know a thousand different soundscapes depending on what the what the episodes are calling for, and right. then it, so the, the it there's always variations in in uh, in each show and and how my style and I, I got to adapt my style in order to make that that transition and uh, i i enjoy that it, it, it keeps my skills uh, sharp because otherwise you, know, you can get complacent and and lazy right what would you say the most challenging scene to direct would be oh well it i, I can say that it, it's very challenging when you are in the more um, ethereal spaces because you know, you're kind of using, you're kind of using your imagination. Like when, when I did that, that, that short, I mentioned earlier, uh, an apology, um, since there wasn't a, 
a tangible soundscape. I was, I was kind of relying on some of my like memories of things that I'd read before. And so there was an, uh, like an, a, a story by Isaac Asimov in which two non-corporeal beings are talking in the distant future. And they're, you know, they're, you know, they're talking about their lives and, and how they evolved into these forms and what they remembered. And so I kind of used that story uh, and, and my imagination of what they sounded like to try and emulate that in this, this story. So that, that can be challenging. Um, other times you'll get, you'll get like the episodes that have the ultra shorts. Those can be really challenging because they're, they're very short scripts of just a few minutes in length, mm-hmm. but you're having to pivot and, and create, you know, five soundscapes plus the rappers and then, you know, getting that all together and, 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 uh, and put out for the, the, the listeners. And so that can be kind of nerve wracking. Um, probably the biggest challenge for me is remembering to submit for sound effects. Um, cause I always forget to go in and, uh, look at the script and say, okay, I, for, uh, I need to go on sound snap, sound snap and find all these different you know tracks so that I can mix them in, uh, for, the most recent episode, Seminar 112, I forgot to do that. And so all the Foley that the listeners hear in that, I did myself. <laughs> so Because uh, I, I I was like, oh, shit, you know, I need a robotic vacuum. Okay, I got one. So I'm going to go ahead and use that. And I'm going to like kick it so it bumps into things. And um, I need to boil water. So I went and boiled water and let the, the kettle boil. And then I walked up and downstairs and and, and so it's always it's always interesting because I, I generally find ways to use my existing sound effects to substitute for what I really need. And it all it all seems to work out. But those are those are the challenges that I'm I'm, I'm facing as a, a director. Are there any particular scenes um, from, you know, any of the shows that you direct have directed that you're like, yeah, that that was a good one. Um, I, I, that, that's kind of like having to, uh, to pick which child is your favorite. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so we, we did a, we did an episode of ultra shorts, uh, that had to do with exotic foods. Right. And right, 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 right. And I, I love that because, um, you know, Sarah Palmero wrote one, um, where the, this, human woman has to go through this kind of betrothal ceremony by eating all these really or fertility ceremony by eating all these really strange foods. Right. And so I, I love that one because uh, the, the two actors that I had were just fantastic. Their, their comedic timing and, you know, one had to be uh, comedic. The other had to be, you know, the, the straight man in the, in the conversation. And they, they both mm-hmm. played off each other really well. And then finding the music and the, and the sound effects it it all came together into a really nice coherent whole um same thing with the one that i wrote the, the grandma's apple pie paradox because you know it's a guy travels in from the from the distant future at a restaurant to steal an apple pie and which changes the course of history um all the effects and everything came in came together and the acting it, it's always a joy when when the actors lines all just combine to create this perfect you know, seamless scene where you you really think that they're all sitting in the same room recording together, and then you have that backdrop that just just takes it home. Um, so th- in my head, canon, that, that was 
in my head canon that was that in that story that was either the restaurant at the end of the universe or a competitor of it right it, yeah it was a competitor <laughs> but yeah but uh yeah i'm, I'm sitting there I'm like okay because uh, i remember writing that that short and uh because because tilly had said hey listen we need that we need a short and i was like oh crap that's due today i sat down and i i just banged that out in about you know half an hour and uh decided to create the the premise i'm like okay so what if instead of killing your father you had to kill the apple pie um and, and so i had to, i had to figure out where the hell this this restaurant was going to be and so it was the distant future at the very end of the universe which is i'm I'm really liking well you've mentioned um shakespeare a couple times yep so you you've directed in shakespeare and you're also acting in shakespeare yeah um i henry the sixth seventh eighth one of the henry's yeah uh (laughs) henry the sixth part one uh yeah so uh, I, I always just have to go to announcer mode to remember what it is. But yeah, I, <laughs> I, um, I auditioned for, for King Henry earlier this year, and they, they cast me in the part of John Talbot. And Talbot, uh, according to Jeff Robinson, has more lines than any other character combined in that play. And I believe it, because the <laughs> files I turn in would be, you know, like, like one line would be about 12 minutes long, because they had to deliver three different takes of it. Um, but it, this this is actually one of my very first leading roles. I, I don't I don't generally I'm generally more of a supporting actor or character actor, mm-hmm. and so to be able to step up and and uh, and take the center stage was a really fun challenge. And because uh, because Talbot's a really kind of uh, irascible character. I mean, the the historical character he he or the historical figure actually did get captured in battle, just like. Uh, he's uh, said to have been captured in the play mm-hmm. and was released by the French under the condition that he never don armor in battle against the French. And he agreed to it. And then when he got back to the, to, to his side, he didn't don armor, but he still went out into battle and he led the troops. And uh, so he, he honored the, he honored the letter, but not necessarily the spirit. I, I always thought that was really great. Um, but it, it's just been a lot of fun to to, to act in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't envy Jeff Robinson uh, the doing the the battles for that would have killed me because it, it, there are so many things going on in all those in all those scenes, and yet he has managed to create a masterful um, soundscape for every episode. Yeah, it's I've been listening. And um, because you know, I listen to everything. Uh-huh. Um and and I've said this before in interviews. Um Shakespeare has always been a hard thing for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I've been I've been um what's the word? Um it's drawn me in, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's it's been really good, and um, I've been enjoying it. Um, do you do you like doing the acting or the directing or the writing? You're a triple threat. I mean, or wait, they, do you sing? Do you play an instrument? Um, I played the trumpet a long time ago. Um, <laughs> I I haven't played it in a very long time, but 
I, I, I do, I do sing. Um, I can't say I sing well, but I'm, I'm decent at it. Um, you know, at least not enough, enough that I don't embarrass my mother. She, she, uh, she was an opera singer. Oh, wow. We're near her league, but, uh, I, I, I got by. Cause we've had a couple of musical episodes of things. Yep. And, and so, you know, you know, you're on the list now. I, yeah, the, <laughs> <laughs> it's now a target. <laughs> I have a decent baritone, um, but uh, I mean, to to answer your question, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I, I love doing it all. It, it it's always fun because I can always step into a different role if I feel like okay, I'm I'm getting a little burned out here. I can go over into the sound design, or I can go and sit and write mm-hmm. and toss something out. Because um, each offers its own unique set of challenges. And and so being able to sit and and uh, create a really uh, you know uh, immersive soundscape, and then to step into the booth and and to act out the the character roles, and and then to sit down and write some kind of short, it, it's always really fun and and fulfilling. Um, I, I I mean it's 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 basically sidestepping the question, but uh, I I love them all. Again, you're asking me to pick my favorite <laughs> child. Gotcha. Well, I would I would never do that as far as you know um okay so we talked about seminar we talked about king ring we talked about shakespeare Mm -hmm. of course we have to talk about avalon because it's me we have to talk about avalon (laughs) you know my dog is named avalon Yes. I remember you bringing that up on uh, the Discord chat a while back. Yeah. So I have to ask, are you a god? Whenever someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. (laughs) That is the correct answer. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I I play the the salty and cantankerous sea god, uh, Celtic sea god Manon McClear, and uh, I have to say that that is one of my favorite roles to do. Why is that? Well, because I you know for one thing you know you get to play a god, which how many people get to say that? But right, um, you know he's he's ancient but he just uh he, he's got this energy to him like he, he's like the the uh the grandparent who's like 75 but they're still out skateboarding and roller rollerblading they're never going to just sit down and grow old you're going to just see them going forever and wonder what the hell it is they're taking and where can you get it so he's just got this energy to him and you know he he's he's seen this he's He's seen it, seen it all, but there's still things that surprise him, and like <laughs> it just pisses him off. Yeah, at first I thought he was going to be like the old man by the sea, but I think with the energy you put in him, he's more like the Gordon Fisherman. Well, I, you know, because <laughs> because he's out there and he's doing, he's not just like sitting there watching. I mean, he's inter- that interaction he's had with um, Alicia has been. You know, yeah, he he's pretty matter of fact about stuff. Oh, absolutely. I, so w- when the uh, when the casting call came out, um, 
I swear, I I swear that I I got advanced like word like it, when I got the the credits, um, I I want to say that I I was told, hey you know keep an eye out there's this character with a with a Scottish accent that's coming out um you should you try out for him, and and so I I paid attention and and you know Mac was was what they called him because they didn't right. want to give anything away. Mm -hmm. um, it's just he was really salty and really you know kind of just really grumpy and i was like i can be salty i can be grumpy and i can be a scott you know i can be a scott and we have a winner down and, and, and did it and then i found out oh wait a minute he's he's a god fantastic and, <laughs> and the only note i got was from uh from um the only note i received was make him um uh, even crustier and saltier than <laughs> in your audition. So, um, but the, the Gordon Fisherman thing, I, I, I love, I love uh, Mac because he is like, when I, when I step into the booth, I'm just thinking, okay, what else would he say? The line says this, but what else would him, it would, would men in a McClear say mm -hmm. to drive the point home? <laughs> so the, um, the, the the whole reference to him uh, being on a on a fish sticks box i i got in there and i thought to myself okay he would get really angry at that and so i i threw in that line as an ad lib i said you know you do one modeling job in the 1960s and suddenly it follows you everywhere until the end of time which is a problem when you're immortal right yep <laughs> so you know it like so every once in a while i'll just i'll just stand there i'm like I have a feeling he would probably say something like this too. And so, you know, I, I just, the, the words come to me and I just start, you know, kind of playing around with them, you know, let's do a simple math problem. Elder God plus patron of clinging mortal equals, I know when you need me. And it's, <laughs> he, he's just really funny. He's, he's very empathetic, but at the same time, he's just really tired of this shit and wants it all to calm down. Yeah. And it has a very cool jacket. Yes, yes. Uh, it, well, it, it, he has he has the his yellow Mac, but then he also has the uh, the mist, the cloak of mists. Mm -hmm. And I, <laughs> I actually deleted it. I I did create a an ad lib based on that because I felt like this is a solemn moment. This is a moment of bonding. I don't want to ruin it, but I was like, yeah, you know, it see me through many bottles, and uh, you know, it, it, it means a great deal to me. Um, it's, and, you know, it's, it's light as air and all that. And it's going there. And, and then I added, and it's machine washable, <laughs> tumble dry low iron if needed. And, and then I thought, no, <laughs> I can't do that. So I deleted it. It doesn't exist anymore. Uh, <laughs> and then I got chewed out because, you know, that would have made, made a great blooper. Yeah. Oh yeah. Keep everything. Keep everything. Um, in my mind's eye, he was like handing her like Fonzie's jacket. <laughs> when i heard it i was like oh yeah okay <laughs> for some reason since it's the cloak of mists i just think i i think a bubble wrap i don't know why but it's yeah, like that works. A cloak of bubble wrap yeah that works oh man so mac's gonna be around for a good bit in the season two i presume as far as i know I mean, they're not going to kill. I, I mean, I don't think they're going to kill him off because, you know, he's God. God. He's a God. 
because um, God, and you know, he'd probably be too too angry and too stubborn to die. Um, mm. But it, you know, I I I think he's going to be around. I mean, he's been around. Like I I finished re-listening to Genesis Avalon, the original series. Mm-hmm. I had forgotten that Mac makes an appearance at the very end. Yes, he doesn't say but, anything, but he's yeah. he's there watching um, Alicia. And I, I I totally forgot that she was standing there with him and and kind of helping out. I'm like, okay, you go, Mac. Nice, nice job, dude. <clears throat> you know, at least somebody is is uh, is looking out for us. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, because Mac's cool. Yes. I play a cool dude. <laughs> so I assume he's gonna be around for a while, especially if he's gonna be the patron uh for, for Alicia when 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 Alicia takes over the the mantle. Oh, don't say that because that means something has to happen to Jaina and I'm just not ready for that. <laughs> I mean, Jaina could just very easily say, you know what? Um, I've decided to you know, take a job doing interior design and I'm going to leave this behind. The, the pay's better um, and I don't get the crap kicked out of me by demons and monsters and other gods. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a 401k. Um, it could just be as simple as that. <laughs> yeah, there's that. But you know, you, you know, things things do change, and and so, you know, the 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 one thing that's always bothered me, and and, and not bothered me, but I'm always like, every Avalon says that they're the last priestess of Avalon. I'm like, but then another one comes along. So and the last one today. Yeah, the last one for this period of time. The last one until next Thursday. And then someone else will take over. I mean, really, you're like the next to last until the last one comes along. Right. Because somebody will get called up at some point. Many are called, few are chosen. Mm. So... Are you working on anything outside of Pendant? Oh yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I do I do voice work full time now. Oh, okay, cool. I do a lot of audiobook narration. So when you say step into the booth, you're you're not speaking figuratively. No, I I I have an actual literal booth that I step into. Nice. And uh and so I I record, I do a lot. And so I've I've done everything. I've done sci-fi, I've done fantasy, I've done horror. Um I and I do a ton of Sherlock Holmes novels. I've done I think half the books I've narrated. I've narrated close to I I've got 22 published books, and then I've got another eight that are that are in progress. So I, um at least half of those are Sherlock Holmes. And uh, one of the one of the Sherlock Holmes series I narrate one one has a Scottish Watson, and then another series has has a British Watson. Um, and so the Scottish Watson Watson sounds like Manon and McClear, only less grumpy. <laughs> and uh, but still grumpy because he's Watson. Well, yeah, you know, he, he's just he, he's he's looking at Holmes like seriously, like how do you like uh, you you don't understand simple human emotions here? You're you're like a robot. Um, and so it gets a little exasperated with him. You're but, a genius, uh, but you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I, but uh, yeah, I do. I do a ton of of audiobook narration. Um, this year, I, I think I put out at least at least 
at least a dozen. Um, most notably, I, I started doing a fantasy series called Paladin Unbound in 2021. And then we did the sequel to it called Mystic Reborn this year. And, it, and Mystic is probably one of the best books I've ever, uh, I, I've ever done. It's, it's probably my best work. I'll oh, cool. say that. Um, and if you want to listen to Paladin Unbound, you can actually find it on YouTube and listen to it for free. So, cool. yeah. You heard it here first. Exactly. But uh, I, so I do, uh, I do a fair amount of audiobook narration and then I do video games to like indie stuff. Um, so I, I did uh, one called Trepang Squared. And uh, again, you know, my, my four settings, I was British in this one. Um, but but I have a, a role in that in that game, and then um, I did another one as an announcer for a game called Riley and Rochelle recently, um, mm. where I had to kind of be like VH1 behind the music. Yeah. In 1996, you know, Riley Riley began wor working with Rochelle Roberts, you know, and and so that was that was kind of fun. Um, so I do video games, and then I do uh, the the podcasts and the audiobooks and whatever else somebody will pay me for. <laughs> cool. Do you have anything upcoming that you can talk about? Um, let's see. Or are we under NDA and everything's all super um, secret? I mean, there's a, you know, there, there's always something that's, that's under NDA, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm narrating, like I said, a, a, a ton of, of Holmes novels. I've got a few that are being uh, reviewed. So you just, if you plug into audible, you can find them. Mm-hmm. A really cool book called the uh, the Coronet Conspiracy, um, by uh, I, the author's name escapes me, but it, it's it's a Holmes novel, and it takes place during the Ripper murders. But it's a vehicle to get it, it, he doesn't go after Holmes doesn't go after the Ripper. Um, it's a vehicle to get him someplace else, so he's not studying the Ripper murders. Um, but it, there's a lot of political intrigue in Europe. And uh, destabilization of the uh, of, of the world order, and so Holmes has to go save the day. It's a really intriguing book, and it should be out in the next couple of months. I just have to, you know, narrate it and stuff. But it's got the seal of the Conan Doyle estate, so they're really they're really you know gung ho about it. They really liked the the book to endorse cool. it. So yeah, um, but yeah, I. Whenever somebody asks me what projects I have coming up, I'd completely forget them all. So, thank you. Pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd, I've I've actually got some. If, if you pay attention to to horror, um, there'll be some uh, horror podcasts where I've written episodes that are coming out. Oh, cool. I might mention them, but I'm not sure if the, the, those are NDA or not. Um, but if you search for my name, you can you, you'll be able to find them. Okay. Uh, yeah. Like seriously, okay. you asked me what's coming out. I've just completely forgotten everything. I'll remember as soon as we 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 stop talking. Yeah. I, I've been in that position. I'll wake up at three in the morning in a cold sweat. That's what it was. Exactly. That and that that's that's my life right there. It's like, oh crap. I, I should have said this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I live my whole life like that. But uh, you know, people should definitely listen to you know the the Kingery and listen to Patriot and write some scripts for seminars so that I can keep working as a as a sound designer. 
Um, actually, I, I do remember. I so I voiced a character on uh, Starship Excelsior. Oh, uh, and yeah. so uh, Starship Excelsior is a really long running podcast. It's been around for at least as long as a seminar, 15 years. Um, yeah. An episode today. And uh, it's a pretty big one. OK, it took heavy. a hiatus there for a while. I, I got to get make my way back around to it. I for for sure, because uh, the 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 latest batch of scripts have been really good. Um, I I play the character of Lieutenant Jordan Elvrin. I'm the ship's science officer. Okay. And, uh, so, the the latest batch of episodes have have really been very compelling, and they've given me some some fun stuff to do. And I've also been doing sound design for them. And the episode, the latest episode that just dropped today. I don't want to give anything away, but I will say that um, toward the end of the episode, um, there's a scene that is the most complex one I have ever designed in my life. Okay. I, I think I use several hundred sound effects. Soft. It's uh, it's about eight minutes long. It, if it's called the episode's called the fire in which we, we burn. And it starts, it goes from about 40 minutes and 41 seconds up to about 50 minutes. And it's a huge scene. It's pivotal, but it's just got a ton of sound design. And so I'm really proud of it. And um, I'm, I actually do voice act in that episode or in that, that scene as well. So cool. people should check it out. Excellent. Yeah. I got to make my way back around to that one. All I right. It. I think we did this last time. Okay. I don't remember, and it's been a while, so maybe your answers will have changed, but bullet questions. All right. Hit me. Okay. There are mostly no wrong answers. And favorite Muppet? Um, I would have to go with Fozzie Bear. Waka Waka. Favorite pizza topping? Sausage. Favorite Marvel movie or TV show? There's a lot of stuff out there now. I would, if if I had to, the, again, that's picking a favorite child, but um, I'd, I'd have to go with Loki. I really like Loki. I'm looking forward to season two. Me too. I'm waiting. Not long now. If they want to release it early, I, I wouldn't complain. <laughs> All right. So to give equal time, favorite DC movie or TV show? Oh, um... Well, I mean, I my my favorite show would probably be The Flash with the the Grant Gustin. Don't know mm -hmm. none of that shit, but uh, uh, the 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 early seasons of The Flash were really fun. I really enjoyed those. It started yeah. to kind of fall off the rails later on, but really like that one. I like the crossovers with uh, him and Supergirl. Yeah, I like the I like the crossovers there, and then the the interplay with. Uh, with uh, Green Arrow. Yeah, that there was some good writing back in the uh, the earlier seasons. Well, what's funny is, you know, it's not very popular. You got great quality and great writing. And then later on, you're really popular and they give you no money. So you can't do anything. And so the, the show dies. It, it's just the weirdest kind of arrangement. Yeah. All right, favorite Star Wars movie or TV show? Oh, 
Let's see. My favorite. I have to go with The Empire Strikes Back. Got to go with the classic. Okay. And again, giving equal time. Star Trek movie or TV show. Man. All right. Favorite TV show. I have to go with Deep Space Nine. Okay. Very good. Because the the it's it's something that it's aged extremely well. Uh, the, the same themes that, that that are prevalent thirty years ago are still prevalent today, and that's yes. some mark of excellent writing and excellent characterization. Yeah, yeah, and when what rewatching some of it is feeling the the loss of some of the the actors is oh yeah is re- you can really appreciate what talent we had on that show back in the day yes i um, remember a critic called it the greatest show that no one watched because mm-hmm. it was kind of a dark horse and and so it would never attain the popularity of of next generation um but they did some hard hitting stuff oh yeah for sure and yeah. really just like no one's ever done this before kind of stuff oh yeah when they when they went to war and they had they had the 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 dominion war lasting for two seasons like Mm -hmm. i I think rick berman wanted it to be done in two episodes right and but they kept it on they kept talking about the 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 theme of of war and the the horrors of war Mm -hmm. so it was was excellent and yeah i could go on and on Adam, can people find you on social media? They can. Um, um, as of right now, I am on uh, Twitter at, at doc, doc underscore Adam underscore VO. Mm-hmm. And then I am also on Blue Sky uh, with the same handle. And that's, I mean, I, I have a, I mean, I have a website. If, if you plug in my name and in, in Google, it'll, it'll pop up. Um, and I got to say, I love how you call it Twitter. Well, yeah, X is stupid. And honestly, it, I mean, it, I said as of right now, because uh, Musk came out today and said that he, he's going to start charging everybody to use Twitter or X or whatever the hell it's called. So Twitter may disappear. I read lots of articles and when they talk about so-and-so tweeted this or so-and-so tweeted that. They never say it was on X. So they, all of the articles I read say the service formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> well, yeah, it, I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of uh, a, a relative of mine um, <clears throat> had a uh, had a a kid and named the kid Cosmo July, and we're still trying to figure out why. But uh, the 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 grandparents refused to call the kid by by his name because they hated it so much that's kind of like what, what what's going on here because it's they're just like no we're not going to call it x we're not going to call it that that's stupid we're just going to call it twitter or yeah. the site formerly known as twitter or steaming pile of excrement <laughs> yeah yeah well on that note <laughs> Adam, thank you so much for taking the time to sit in the hot seat. Oh, it was my pleasure. Today. 
Um, people can find me for however long it may still exist on the service formerly known as Twitter at JG underscore QA. I'm on Facebook. Throw my name in. I show up in one of the, there's like three or four of me, I think. And one of them is really me. Well, there's only one of you. Yes. Thank God. There can only be one. <laughs> there can only be one. I just watched a Highlander video on uh, YouTube, but I digress. <laughs> like went over the different seasons of the um, Adrian Paul series. I I vaguely remember that series. It was so long ago. The 90s were truly a different country. Yeah, the 90s were a weird time for a lot of us. <laughs> Once again, Adam, thank you so much. That was my pleasure. Great talking to you. You too, man. And we will kick this back to Tilly and Susan. It's over. It's over. It's over. Just the interview. It's over. And hey, hey, don't forget every Tuesday there's a Tilly's Trans Tuesday because it's Tuesdays. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Coming out Wednesday, October 4th, The Kingery, Season 12, Episode 10. Everything is fine. I am a businesswoman with, um, with, with money. Just, um, so much money. Look at all my money that I have to spend here at this fine establishment. Wow. Um, no, I don't know what I'm going to say, but it's definitely not that. I'll figure it out. For Chris. What the? Excuse me, I was hoping you could... Wow, rude. Just you wait! I am going to take over the family so they can be led by someone not reliant on their weak organic force! No, no, not the phosphorus grenade! You fool, we already tried those! Try them again. My organic parts are functioning perfectly well compared to what's left to your followers. Did that upset you? Coming out Wednesday, October 11th, Henry VI, Part 1, Chapter 5, The Pen and Shakespeare. Lord Bishop Winchester, set the crown upon our king's head. God save King Henry, of that name the sixth. God save the king. Now, Governor of Paris, take your oath that you elect no other king but him. Esteem none friends, but such as are his friends, and none your foes, but such as shall pretend malicious practices against his state. This shall you do, so help you righteous God. My gracious sovereign, as I rode from Calais to haste unto your coronation, a letter was delivered to my hands, writ to your grace from the Duke of Burgundy. Shame to the Duke of Burgundy and thee, Fastolf. I vowed, base knight, when I did meet thee next, to tear the Gaza from thy craven's leg. 
which I have done, because unworthily thou wast installed in that high degree. Pardon me, Prince the Henry, and the rest. This dastard at the Battle of Patay, when but in all I was six thousand strong, and that the French were almost ten to one, before we met or that a stroke was given, like to a trusty squire did run away, in which assault we lost twelve hundred men. Myself and diverse gentlemen besides were there surprised and taken prisoners. Then judge, great lords, if I have done amiss, or whether that such cowards ought to wear this ornament of knighthood, yea or no. La la la, the show is almost done. Yay! All right, that's it. That wraps us up for another month. At the end of the show. Another song? <laughs> oh, no. Eventually, the end song. At the, see if you folks don't listen past the credits. I've been stitching together all the little songs that Susan sings. And one from me uh, as they happen. And eventually, it's just going to be like six hours of you singing about the end of the show. Oh, dear. I'm kidding. It's like 15 seconds. You know? Okay. That's all right. Then. Your songs aren't that long. They're not. It's true. And thank goodness. <gasps> I love them. That seems very rude. I meant I love <laughs> them, but if they were six hours long, wouldn't that be a bit much? That would be a bit much. Yes. All right, fine. I love them the way they are. <laughs> They're perfect. See, that's what I'm saying. Okay. All right. Be sure to stop by the website at PendantAudio.com, the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash PendantAudio. We're on Twitter at PendantWeb. You can find us on Tumblr at PendantAudio.tumblr.com and also on YouTube at Pendant Productions, though we have not posted much there in a bit. So maybe don't go there then. You can if you want, though. I mean, our old web series is there, so check that out if you want. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. We are done. We'll see you back here next month. This is Susan Bridges. And Tilly Bridges. Thanks for listening. You did a, that's a cute little pointy thing, but no one can see you do the cute little pointy thing. But it was a cute little pointy thing. It was like I you mean... were doing finger guns at the screen, and that would be really weird. Pew, pew. Oh no, now she did. Pew, pew. natural to me as an actress. The theme to TWIP is Mr. Exposition by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. At the end of the show. End of show. At the end of the show. At the end of the show. At the end of the show. That's the end of the show. That's the end of the show. Ta-da! That's the show. The show is done. That's the show. The show is over now.